You're listening to the Suits and Sandals podcast, helping you live and work with passion and purpose. Welcome everyone to the Suits and Sandals podcast, season one, episode one. My name is Nick Stoyer, and I am thrilled that you have chosen to spend the next 20 minutes with us. We are recording from atop the beautiful Four Seasons Resort overlooking Walt Disney World in sunny Orlando, Florida. And that track you heard at the beginning of the show, that is none other than C'est La Vie by Sign. We thought it was only appropriate that as we kick off this very first show that we answer a few basic questions you're probably asking yourself as you begin to listen. The first is, who is this show designed for specifically? And really, we've organized and designed this show for those who are in the service industry. That's right. We believe the service industry has penetrated and saturated every corner of the marketplace. And so regardless of the job that you work, regardless Regardless of who it is that is signing your paycheck, regardless of the role that you play in that organization, we believe that you probably have a guest, a customer, a client that you need to deliver great service to. And so our goal is to help you have a better knowledge of industry trends, have a better knowledge of uh, self-awareness as you seek to deliver great service, and also take a look at maybe reflecting on how you lead others and how you design the processes within your workplace that set you up for success. Our goal here is to help you love, lead, serve, and inspire those who work for you, those who work above you, and those who work alongside you. And so with that, the next question would be, well, why? Why are we targeting the service industry? Well, we believe that it's not just about the product that you produce, but that it's also about the people and the processes that you put into place. People are so important to the satisfaction that you deliver every day within your organization, who you hire, the way you train, how you interact with those coworkers, how you interact with those customers or clients really help propel your business into the stratosphere, uh, not only making you uh, an amazing leader and an amazing team member, but also driving your industry forward and growing your bottom line. So you might ask, Nick, how do you know anything about this? What gives you the privilege of being able to speak on this subject? As we start this process out, uh, I I think it is important that maybe you know a bit about my background. Uh, I have uh, had an interesting and diverse career path, one that many people probably haven't traveled before because uh, unlike most people who want to climb a ladder of success, I decided that I would just try to collect as many ladders as I possibly could. And so I worked jobs until I got bored with them and then would move on to something else. And that has given given me quite a diverse background, and I believe it contributes quite well to uh, what I do now in the learning and development field uh, because I've been able to see how different industries work and blend those practices together to make for very efficient um, processes and very efficient practices. So I got my start in education 
and uh, enjoyed that. Also moved on to uh, working for a very successful startup here in Orlando. I worked for a local grocer for a time. Here at Four Seasons Orlando, I started with this brand in 2014 when they were building the hotel here in Central Florida. I began in golf maintenance, uh, weed eating, mowing grass, trimming hedges, cutting trees, all of that fun blue collar work uh, that you get to do. I got to drive a lot of tractors and uh, a lot of heavy machinery as we were renovating the golf course. And um, at the end of that, that season, I decided to go back into education. And about six months into that return, Four Seasons reached back out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in coming on board and working as part of our people and culture team? To which I was ecstatic because what I found working in education is the younger the kids got, the more I hated my life. And so working with adults and um, young adults in starting out in their career and being able to help shape and mold and form them uh, of what their options are and help them find their passion and purpose really uh, was what I enjoyed most. And so this was a dream come true, being able to take on this role. I absolutely love helping people build their skills. I love helping them define their purpose within the workplace and then watching them and and kind of influencing them as they begin to grow in their own ability uh, to do work that they see that matters. I really believe that uh, helping find passion and purpose in the workplace uh, allow us to live extraordinary lives where we are proud of what we do and where work is no longer a burden and we're counting down the hours until Monday rolls around. But it's also not something that we become obsessed with. Work becomes something that we take great pride in and it's our way of contributing back um, to the world uh, that we're living in and gifting people with the unique talents that we have been given. So that's a little bit about my career and myself personally, a little bit about Four Seasons. So the Four Seasons Resort Orlando at Walt Disney World is one of the top luxury hotels in Orlando in Central Florida. Uh, Since we've opened, since 2014, we have uh, received the AAA Five Diamond Award every year and are recognized in multiple publications as the number one resort destination in Central Florida. I believe we are number three in the state of Florida. So as we continue to seek to grow and challenge ourselves, we want to ask the question, what does great service look like from an hourly employee all the way up to an executive board member? And as we dive into what great service looks like, I think we really begin to pick up on what does it look like for me to take pride in my work? What does it look like for me to uh, view what I do as an art form? What does it mean for me to enjoy delivering? Delivering something to others that they then get to indulge in. And so uh, as we move forward in this podcast, I hope you get to uh, both do some introspection and inventory, maybe a little bit of how you do things, but I also want to uh, invite others in to show us how they do things and compare best practices. And it's my belief that we should make the world a better place via the jobs that we serve and work for so long during our life. There's a quote by George Jenkins, who was the uh, founder of public supermarkets. And he said, every day, this place being your workplace is better or worse because you showed up. And I believe that is true for all of us in every realm of our life. Every day, our families are better 
or worse because we showed up. Every day, our job is better or worse because we showed up. Every day, um, the world, our faith communities, our social relationships, our friends, they are better or worse because we showed up. And the question becomes, well, then how do I make sure that when I show up, things get better? The way things get better is by adjusting our attitude, by being open-minded, by being willing to grow, to have, as Carol Dweck calls it, the growth mindset, being able to challenge ourselves, look in the mirror, take feedback, mature, and evolve into the people that we need to be. So hopefully this show has the opportunity to poke you a little bit, to make you look in the mirror, to make you turn and think. But then as we begin to move through this season, hopefully you're able to look back and say, you know what, I was better than I was 20 minutes ago. Recently, I met another individual who shares a passion for service and for helping people love, lead, serve, and inspire, and that is Dr. Brian Williams. Dr. Williams has quite a storied history with the Ritz-Carlton, in addition to several other ventures that he's been a part of, and I hope the irony is not lost on you as I am a Four Seasons diehard, Uh, and so I thought, what better way to kick off this season uh, than bringing together what our industry would call two competitors, really, to sit down and talk about and highlight the value that we both hold so tightly to, and that is great service. And so, uh, after spending some time with uh, Dr. Williams at his Leadership Institute and sitting down and and having this conversation. I now consider him a very close friend. And uh, I think the lesson we can begin to pull away from some of this is that great service is great service, regardless of the logo that is on your name tag, regardless of the brand that signs your paycheck, regardless of the seniority that you have. Great service starts with you. It comes from within. It's a pride that we take in the service that we deliver, the conversations we have, the people we empower, the problems that we solve. And Dr. Williams shares some great illustrations of how we can lead better, how we can work better, and how ultimately we can live better. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation as we get started. So excited to introduce you to our first ever guest on the podcast, Dr. Brian Williams. Now, you may know that name as being associated with the Ritz-Carlton, but Dr. Williams is now a keynote speaker, consultant, author, and a noted authority on service excellence, purpose-driven leadership, and organizational effectiveness. Dr. Williams and I got to spend some time together at his Leadership Academy uh, this past year, and I have really enjoyed getting to know him. Dr. Williams, are you there? I am here. Thank you for having me, Nick. Dr. Williams, it's a huge honor to have you on the show. Why don't you introduce the listeners to uh, a little bit about yourself and we can go from there? Absolutely. Well, hey, thank you once again for having me. But I'll tell you that I am very excited about being on your podcast today. I am a service nerd to the highest level. I absolutely love seeing people treated exceptionally well. And I love seeing people who come to work with a sense of pride, passion, and professionalism in what they do. I grew up working in the luxury hotel business, um, primarily with the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. I had 17 jobs, everything from dishwasher to busboy to housekeeper to bellman, doorman, concierge, employee cafeteria, human resources. Eventually, I was director of training and development. And then um, thereafter, I became global corporate director of training and quality with a company. So I got to travel the world and open lots of hotels, restaurants, and spas. And over the last 13 years, I've been very privileged and blessed to have my own company. 
So I got to travel the world and help other companies with their service culture. Everything from hotels to churches to hospitals to nursing homes to gyms and you name it. <laughs> wow, you are no stranger to the service industry. And what's really incredible is to hear where you started out and where you have now found yourself. It's it's like you've worked every type of role, which must have uh, given you just quite a wealth of wisdom to call upon. Oh, it does. It does. I'm, I feel incredibly blessed. I'm very, very pri- privileged to have, have had the experiences that I've, that I've been able to have. And I've been also led to, I've written four books. Um, three of them are around service excellence, and one of them is around leadership excellence. In my company, we also do two conf- two leadership conferences. And we just started a speaker school earlier this year, so we try to stay busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Every time we talk or whenever I'm on LinkedIn and kind of checking your profile and seeing what you're up to, it's as if you've got a million things going on, and it's just really incredible because uh, it's actually how we connected is I, I stumbled upon a video of you on YouTube and just said, man, I have got to meet this guy. He speaks my language, and uh, it's incredible to see not only the success that you've had, but now what you're offering to other companies and other organizations. Uh, in workplace culture and in the industry, um, just really allowing service to, to be a cornerstone of what we offer um, in our brands and in our daily pursuits within our industry. So I have a quick question for you as we get ready to uh, dive into things. We have a lot of young leaders who listen to this podcast and are brand new in their roles and new to leading a team. They haven't done it before. And I wanted to pick your brain and just kind of see what advice would you have to give to someone who is a new leader and beginning to lead a team for the very first time? Great question, Nick. I think the very first thing that you need to understand is that you are there to serve your team. That's, that's number one. And I know that people say that to the point where it may even sound like a cliche at times, but there's absolutely nothing more important than understanding that you have to treat your team members, the ones who report to you. You have to treat your direct reports exactly the way you want them to treat their customers. So if you want your, if you want your direct reports, if you want your team to open doors for the customer and to anticipate the customer's needs and to escort the customer, then you literally have to do the exact same things for your staff. And I know it's easy. And I know that it's you know intellectually it makes sense, but it's a completely different story when you gotta put it into practice every single day. Because as you know, Nick, oftentimes when you are in close proximity with someone, like you're working on the same team, that you're working together, you, you know, you go to war together every day, it's easy to take that person for granted whether in your professional or your personal life. So to to force yourself to reframe those people who you are privileged to lead as, these are actually my first customers. And I need to make sure that they are, that they are engaged. And they're not going to be engaged by osmosis. They're going to be engaged by what I'm doing every single day at work. Am I providing the work environment? Am I engaging them? Am I serving them? Am I inspiring them? Am, am I doing this for them every single day? I think that's probably the first thing I would I, I would tell a first-time manager. Yeah, it's such good advice, knowing that I need to model exactly what I want my employees and my team members to be doing for my guests and clients. It's really all about consistency, right? And setting that standard uh, for your team and serving them the way you want them to serve others. Let's take, for example, maybe I'm a new leader on a team. They've been through a whole lot. Maybe they're a little jaded, and now they're beginning to question who I am as a new leader. Maybe they don't trust me. What are some ways that I can begin to maybe turn around a team or inspire them so that they can uh, live out their best? Uh, Absolutely. And you know what? I know a 
I, I, many leaders would like to come into a situation where they can just start from scratch, meaning they have a brand new team and everything's just nice and sparkly and new. And that's not the norm. <laughs> you know, oftentimes you you inherit a team, which, you know, who, who, who may have had, unfortunately, poor leadership in the past. So you kind of playing catch up now. I think the very first thing, Nick, is you start off by having optimism. About, about the future, hope for the future. Because if there's no hope, then there's no then there's nothing for your optimism to do. You have to be optimistic about something, right? And if you come in with an optimistic mindset about something, and that something is called a vision, then it's much easier for people to buy into you. Because they always buy, people will always buy into the leader before they buy into the leadership. So start off with having a very optimistic view of the future, okay? And let's call that the vision. It should be very clear, and you should be talking about that regularly. After you articulate that clear vision, then the second thing I would say is start to demonstrate, basically model the behavior you want your team to do. And I kind of covered that already in our conversation so far on the podcast. After you have the vision, secondly, model the behavior you want your team to do. And you're largely modeling it with them. And then thirdly, I would say is to celebrate the caliber of service you expect your team to give. So whenever you see a, a team member doing something awesome, celebrate it. Don't miss, don't miss any opportunity to celebrate whatever you want to see more of. Celebrate excellence. In fact, I would say start off the day in your huddles and your team meetings and say, hey, give me an example of something you did yesterday to create excellence for someone, whether that someone is called a customer or a teammate. Now, the first few times you ask that question, you may be met with a blank stare like, seriously? And that's when you ask the question again tomorrow. And then you ask the question again the following day and the following day and the following day until the message becomes very clear that you're not going to shut up asking this question. Then the message becomes, oh, wow, Nick is not going to stop asking us this question. He's serious. And then what will happen, you're going to start to have team members coming to work with examples, coming to work, seeing what they plan to do, because now it's top of mind for them. And when something is top of mind, it becomes behavior. It becomes common behavior. If it becomes common behavior, it translates into a habit. When it becomes a habit, it doesn't require as much thought because it's now a part of the natural occurrence of things. And then everybody benefits when things become a habit. So, and then, and then lastly, I would say is um, don't tolerate, as a leader, don't tolerate anything other than what you want to see. So don't, don't, don't accept mediocrity. Don't accept people coming late. Don't accept things being halfway done. Because when you start to, if, you, if, you know, if on one hand you're saying team is going to be exceptional and phenomenal, but on the other hand, you have people who are deliberately not being that way or even not deliberately not being that way. And if you don't call it out, it undermines your credibility as a leader. And then you start to, people start to lose respect for you. And no one wants to follow a leader they don't respect. Absolutely. It's such good advice as I think about going back to the Strong Leader Institute that I was fortunate enough to attend under you, it calls me back to two words that really resonated with me. One was accountability and one was consistency. And for new leaders, these words are so, so important. Accountability, you know, as new leaders, sometimes we want to show grace and we want to be empathetic towards our new teams and really want to be liked with them and fit in with them to build our trust with them. But that can really curb us from being willing to have hard conversations and hold people accountable. But, you know, one thing that you mentioned, and I've thought back to this several times, is just how important consistency is as well as a new leader. So tell me a little bit about the value of consistency. 
Absolutely. I mean, repetition is everything. Consistency and repetition, I'm going to use synonymously because they're basically the same thing. If you want anything to happen with any regularity, in, in fact, I'll, I'll say, your team will know what's important to you by what you talk about every day. I mean, you can have all the vision statements and mission statements and core values and service standards. You can have all that stuff printed on a wall, mural, done in a gold frame with light shining on it and the choir singing behind it. You can have, Nick, you can have all that stuff, right? But none of that really matters unless you are talking about it every day. That's how people know what's important to you. Think about your personal life. The things that are important to you, you talk about a lot. Whether it's your family, your wife, your children, your husband, your 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 hobby, your your favorite sports team. If it's important to you, you talk about it every day because it's a preeminent part of your thought process. In the same way, if you're trying to build a team culture, the same principle applies. The word culture, as you all know, is to, is a way of life. <clears throat> culture is a way of life. A way of life means this is the way things are done. I am from St. Thomas in the in the U.S. Virgin Islands. There's a culture on St. Thomas, right? Laid back, chill, relaxed. We love seafood, we love music, we love dancing. There's a culture in Orlando, Florida. There's a culture in South Florida. There's a culture in Northern California. There's a culture in Southern California. There's a culture no matter where you go. In every organization, there's a culture. On every team, there's a culture. In fact, on every shift, on every team, there's a culture. <clears throat> but, the, but the point I'm trying to say is that <clears throat> the culture is built by what is spoken about every day. So, easy, so I guess logically, you should have a process for talking about things every day. The the most the the, the best one of the best practices I found for, for excuse me one of the best best practices I found for creating a, for having a a process for repeating is a daily huddle. Having a scheduled time every day where you are getting the team together, even for five minutes to talk about something, whether it's the standard of the day, the mission statement, the business of the day, a motivational quote, um, recognizing an employee for a birthday, anniversary, talking about any guests who are coming in that are repeat. Having a, a huddle is one of the best ways I found to hardwire repetition into your business. Wow, that is awesome. Great advice. Great advice. For all of you at home, take note on that. Have a huddle. Communication is essential. Talk about what's important because when we talk about what's important, it not only becomes part of our behavior, but it becomes part of our habits, and then it becomes part of our culture. So, so good. So we also talk a lot about service, uh, as a lot of us in Orlando are in the service industry, especially here in this city, you can't throw a rock without hitting another hotel. Uh, so everything we tend to do here in Orlando revolves around service and how uh, we deliver that service to our guests, to our clients, and seeing as how you've been in the service industry for quite some time, what are some patterns or what are some things that you've noticed that have changed in the service industry, maybe from the 90s, early 2000s, up till now? Uh, in other words, how has service really evolved? Oh, man, I've seen it on many levels, Nick. I would say if we start at the luxury spectrum of things, the luxury caliber spectrum of things, the type of guest has changed. Whereas when I first started, gosh, almost... 30 years ago. No, yeah, about 25 years ago. When I first started, pretty much all the guests who came to a luxury property in the United States 
essentially look the same. They're around the same age group. <laughs> they were the same ethnicity. Basically, they all look the same. Yeah. And um, yeah. And and that's changed significantly. Age group, they're finding younger people and so forth, younger, different ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds. But I think overall, service industry, I would say what's changed more so is there's a there's a deeper desire for personalization and individualization. Like the customer, the guest wants to have more, um, more say-so in how their experience is curated. They don't want to just be given things to do. They want to be a part of what to do. They want to immerse themselves in the destination. Destination not just being the property, if it's the hotel, but the destination meaning the entire geographic area. I think, I think, I think that that's important. But, and I would also say that world-class service has now be, is not just relegated to fancy, um, high-end places. Service excellence, world-class service is, can be delivered by anyone in any industry, really, who has, a, who has a heart for service. For example, my family and I, we just returned from McCall, Idaho, last night. And we, Idaho, McCall is like about a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Boise. It's up in the mountains on a beautiful, beautiful lake resort. And um, one, so we were staying at a, at, a, um, at, a, at a lake house. And one day two of the bulbs were out. One bulb in the kitchen, one bulb in the dining room. So I called engineering for them to come and fix the bulb. So when the engineer came, very, very gracious, very hospitable, and so forth. But he said that the, the bulb that he had with him, unfortunately, was the wrong size bulb. And he wasn't sure if the engineering shop had more bulbs that was required for those chandeliers. But he said, no, Fred, he's going he's gonna to look until he finds something. So my family and I went out to have dinner. We came back maybe two hours later, and we found a note on the door. And the note said, basically, he took the liberty coming in the home and changing the bulb. He found the bulbs and said, thank you so much for my patience. And he really wishes us to have a pleasant stay. If there's anything more he can do for us while we're staying there, please let him know. And he signed it with his name. Now, this was the engineer, like the, like the maintenance guy. This is not the concierge, not the wine sommelier, not, the, right? not any of these positions that you generally associate with going above and beyond and doing things that are memorable like that. Of all the great things that happened over the last eight days that we were in Idaho, that stood out the most. That's incredible. And yeah, world-class service, again, can be delivered by anyone in any role in any industry. I really, really love that. And it's and it's all about the attitude and the heart that we have and the approach that we have to be willing to connect with the person in front of us and just be present with them and listening to what they have to say. So, um, Dr. Williams, thank you so much for your time. You are just a wealth of wisdom. I have a ton of respect for you, and I know our listeners do as well, and they're going to absolutely love uh, this interview. Hopefully they're going to listen to it two, three, four times and really um, think about and reflect on the, the truths that you've given to us on how we can deliver excellent service, both as a new leader and as an experienced leader in the roles that we have. If uh, someone, one of our listeners wanted to connect with you or wanted to kind of follow what you're up to, what are some ways that they can do that? Absolutely. Well, the simplest way is to find me on my company website, which is bwenterprise.net. So that's B as in Brian, W-E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E.net. And that's a central hub where you can find, you can link to me on social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, my YouTube channel. You can see upcoming events. You can read all my articles. You can purchase my books. You can do 
any of that stuff. You can send me a personal message. So that's the simplest way to connect with me. And that's bwenterprise.net. And Nick, thank you, though. Thank you for the opportunity to come on here and be of service to all your listeners. It's been wonderful, Dr. Williams. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to uh, sit and just chat with us for a little bit over the uh, airwaves here. I hope you have an amazing rest of your afternoon. And thank you for being one of my first guests on uh, on this podcast. And we look forward to uh, talking to you in the future. It's my pleasure. Take care. And that about wraps it up for our very first episode ever on the podcast. Hope you have had as good a time as I have had. Look forward to seeing you back here next month where we are going to be interviewing another great leader as we continue to challenge and grow ourselves so that we can love, lead, serve, and inspire those around us every day. You've been listening to the Suits and Sandals podcast. For more information about the show or to contact us, please visit suitsandsandals.org or you can connect with Nick on LinkedIn at Nick Stoyer. That's S-T-O-Y-E-R. Finally, if you like what you hear, please leave a comment or review about the show to help others find us. We look forward to having you back next month. I just can take hold. This is a danger zone. Back up and get me. So put your hand in my